service. What is up, listeners? Welcome back to another episode of the Full Service Podcast. I am Tank Smith, your host. Today is episode 83. Thanks for being here. Shout out to my guest from last week, Ashlyn. Ashlyn, I appreciate you coming on the podcast. That was so much fun. Yo, if you have not yet, check out last week's episode. Make sure you're following Ashlyn. She is on Twitter at adore underscore Ashlyn. That is with two N's on the end of Ashlyn. Her podcast, you can follow that on Twitter at No Life Skill. I have links to her Twitter, her Instagram, her OnlyFans in the show notes from last week. Hit them show notes. Show her some love. As always, you can find us on Twitter, on Instagram, at Full Service Pod. I am at Tank Funkadelic. If you enjoy the show, make sure you are subscribed on whatever platform you're listening to us on. You'll be alerted as soon as those new episodes drop every single Tuesday. If you were listening to us on Apple Podcasts, hit us with a five-star rating. Write us a review. That helps so much for visibility for the show. If you want to support the show, hey, Patreon's the best way to do it. Patreon.com slash fullservicepod. We have bonus monthly episodes you can hear only on Patreon. Our April episode should be dropping hopefully before you hear next week's episode. So sometime this week, maybe this weekend, friend of the podcast, Sophia Soma is coming back. So if you want to check it out, oh boy, it's a good one. Patreon.com slash fullservicepod. Today, episode 83, so excited. My guest has been on the podcast before. She's making a return. She is a global pantypreneur, an author, a mentor. She is the host of the panty-selling podcast, Dalma Rosa. She was, Dalma was my first guest of 2020, so it's been like, like a year and four months. So we catch up, talk about what she's been up to since she's last been on the podcast. We talk panty-selling, her passion for mentoring sellers. We talk her podcast, her newest venture, SW Rolodex, which pairs sex worker-friendly freelancers with sex worker businesses. Say, hey, I'm a sex worker. I want somebody to run my Reddit account. Oh, hey, there's somebody that does that on SW Rolodex. I'm a sex worker. I need someone that edits video. I need someone that edits photos. I need someone that does advertising. SW Rolodex. Check it out, swrolodex.com. We also talk medieval fendom payment processors and sex work so much fun you will love this episode you can find dalma on twitter at panty underscore dalma you can find sw rolodex on twitter on instagram at sw rolodex you can find her podcast on instagram at the panty selling podcast and everywhere you can find podcasts it is a great podcast i feel like i plugged a lot but her website, pantysellingschool.com, it's not over. Hey, yo, I'm excited for y'all to hear this episode. You better get excited for this episode. I'm going to stop talking. I hope you enjoy my conversation with Dalma Rosa. Thanks. Welcome back, listeners. It's Tag Smith. I'm so excited for today's episode. My guest, she is a podcaster, an author. She is a global pantypreneur, the creator of SW Rolodex. She has been on the podcast before, Dalma Rosa. Dalma, thanks for coming back on the podcast. Hey, thank you so much for having me again. It's really great to talk to you. 
Heck yeah, I'm super, I'm so excited about this. Hell yeah. <laughs> I gotta say, like, doing this podcast, like, I'll, I'll, like, find, like, inspiration and other things. And I gotta say, I'm constantly, I feel like, motivated and inspired by, like, what you're doing with your podcast, with your brand, like, building it. Like, I'll, I'll, I'll do this podcast, like, every single week, and there'll be some weeks where I'm, like, Oh man, I don't know if I could do this. I don't know if it's gonna work. And then I'm like, but what is Dalma doing? She's doing it every single week. She's cranking out so much. To, what the? I, how can I complain about anything? Fucking, I'm like Dalma's doing it. I gotta do it. So I just wanted to. You're an inspiration for me. You know. Um, thank you so much. Yeah, I just want to touch on that briefly because I'm very transparent on my podcast and I do say you know like some weeks I really don't want to show up for you guys like I really just cannot be bothered but I keep pushing myself through um to keep showing up because you know it's one of those things like you don't really want to go to the gym but when you're there you know you're like hell yeah this is fucking amazing like why would I not go and so the podcast is a little bit like that But also I posted on my Instagram yesterday because I was going through some old, you know, screenshots on my phone and I found one where my podcast was 36 episodes in and I had like 10.5 thousand K, you know, um, downloads, like just over 10,000 downloads. And then I checked again yesterday and I'm on like episode 96 or something now and I've got over 300,000 downloads. So, you know, when you're able to see, you know, your markers of success, not that I sit down and measure shit every single week. I don't. But sometimes, you know, just getting that feedback can be like really motivating as well to go, do you know what? If I had quit all the times I had felt like quitting, I wouldn't be at this level now. And, you know, that is just, that applies across the board for everything in your life, like not just business. So yeah, anyone that's listening, it's like, you know, we all feel that we don't want to show up. We can't be bothered. You know, the resistance is real, but learning to just push beyond that and step into your like higher purpose and your passion is just you know that's energy that gives you the fuel to keep going yeah it definitely like it, it like build it builds on itself too because it's like yeah once you start a little bit then you're like i'm already in this shit what the fuck why was i so like hesitant to even do it and then you get to the end and you feel so much better and you're like what the fuck god damn i should have done this like what am i talking about like you gotta you gotta start somewhere and it just builds to where and then you finish and you're like this is great hell yeah yeah totally so people listen to the podcast if you have not yet or if you don't know i dalba's been on the podcast before she was actually my first guest of 20 you were the first guest of 2020 last year uh we recorded i think it was either the very end of december or maybe like right at the beginning of the year you were in spain at the time i understand you're not in spain anymore where are you joining us from um well after you know the entire shit show of 2020 kicked in fully um we made the decision to move back to scotland which is where i'm from from spain so yeah that was the middle of last year july of last year and so yeah we've been there since and this is where i'm gonna stay for the foreseeable future who knows who knows what the future holds how's it how's it uh being back in scotland how do you like it it's cold (laughs) it's really cold 
it's good you know this is where I'm from this is where my people are and you know it's it's like Spain was absolutely amazing for just you know uprooting and choosing to go and live somewhere else is an experience that I think loads of people should do if they can but you know just the way the dice rolls with the life now we're back here and this is where we are so yeah just going with it hell yeah fuck yeah that's great fuck <laughs> What uh? What have you been up to like the past year? I know the podcast, like you, like the podcast has like grown exponentially since we last talked. You wrote a book. You created SW Rolodex. Your website's huge. What, like, I guess, what have you been up to, kind of like the past since we spoke in January of last year? Yeah. So the last time we spoke, I think I'd just left Panty Deal. And, um, you know, there was loads of different reasons for that, which I went into on my podcast. And then I joined, well, I was already on um, Scented Pansy as well. I joined another panty selling platform and for the next few months did really well with panty selling still. At the same time as that, I was building the trainings that I was providing for sellers that, you know, wanted to, I suppose, do well in the in the community and in the industry. And so... The last time I spoke to you, I think I had like two or three trainings out um, that were designed to help other people. And then as of sort of like lockdown, you know, like obviously every cloud has a silver lining. I think I developed like five trainings in the period of our really harsh lockdown where we weren't allowed to go out at all or anything. And it was just like, boom, boom, boom. I was like, now is the time to create all of this stuff that's been in my head that I've wanted to create. And so really that period of last year, the summer period, I built loads and loads of different training products to help other people. And then probably towards the tail end of last year, I, you know, I decided to start doing merchandise. You know, everybody does merchandise, right? That's like the next obvious thing everyone yeah. has a fucking <laughs> And then more recently, again, at the sort of very beginning of this year is when I just came up with the idea for my next website, which was the SW Rolodex, so the Sex Worker Rolodex. And that is a website that connects sex worker friendly freelancers who can do, you know, all kinds of things like video editing, audio editing, copywriting, you know, finance, business, all that kind of stuff, a bit like Upwork or Fiverr, um, connecting them with sex workers where, you know, they can get the support that they need in their business um, and, you know, not feel the fear or the shame or the rejection of like somebody saying that they're not going to do work for them because it's sex work, you know. So that's where I've been. It's been quite, it's been quite the year for just like banging out loads of ideas and loads of trainings and stuff and so yeah that that's kind of up to speed in terms of you know what I've been up to since the last time I spoke to you fuck yeah that's that's so much I feel like like 2020 like it was yeah it was it you know it was 20 it was it, it was what it was and uh the fact that you, like yeah you were pumping you created so like inspiration I'm just like this is so fucking dope like uh <laughs> Yeah, I want to talk about SW Rolodex in a second. So for the people that have not, uh, not have no idea, they've never listened to the podcast maybe, can you go back to the beginning and talk about getting into panty selling? 
I guess, like how you started, why you started your journey within panty selling. Uh, yeah. Can you tell the people about that? Sure, sure. So uh, the very end of 2018, I was looking for a way to make money quickly online. And, you know, I was doing lots of research. I was listening to, um, you know, a podcast about side hustles and online businesses and stuff like that. And I stumbled across this blog that mentioned Pantadeal. Um, so for those that don't know, Pantadeal is the biggest panty selling um, platform in the world. And so I thought, well, fuck it. <laughs> I'm just going to join that. I'm just going to try and sell my panties. That sounds like a really easy way to make money. Um, you know, I'll just do it. And then, you know, went on the steepest learning curve of my life over the next few weeks, just going, oh my God, what the hell have I done? Like, this is insane. This is crazy. And it opened up this whole new world that I didn't know existed, right? I mean, I knew obviously sex workers were a thing, but I didn't know the full extent of, you know, that specific niche part of the industry. And so for a few weeks, I was learning but I was determined that I wanted to make some money this way you know it just felt like if anyone else can do it well why can't I so yeah I continued on panty deal and it didn't take long before I made my first sale and that instantly hooked me because I'd had you know plenty of online businesses before right you know like loads of websites and blogs and trying my hand at different ways of making money online but this was the first one that gave almost, you know, immediate feedback where you were getting the money really quite quickly. Um, and it, it was, you know, addictive. I was like, you know, this is great. If I can make one sale, I can make loads of sales. And, and it inspired me to keep going. It motivated me. Not long after that, I started my own community of sellers, you know, trying to connect uh, sellers together so that we could learn from each other and ask questions and stuff like that and from that that's what birthed my podcast um, which I started you know a lot of people don't believe this but I started my podcast when I'd only been selling panties online for three months right which is nothing like that's no time at all but I was so passionate about it that it was just like, you know, it, it, it just opened me up. It was like, this is what I'm meant to do. Out of all of the things in the world, <laughs> this is what I want to talk about. And so, you know, the rest is history from the podcast came my site. And then obviously, as I've already mentioned, I then created trainings for other sellers and yeah, that's how I got to where I am today. So I call myself a pantypreneur, you know, everybody in my community were pantypreneurs and, you know, it's, it's, I'm not going to say it's easy, um, but it can be fun and it can be lucrative, basically. <laughs> how is it? Oh, so you start the podcast and you're like growing this like community of panty sellers. Did that already exist? Was there like a, a big like uh, community of panty sellers out there? Or are you like creating a whole new thing and kind of changing, changing, I guess, the landscape a little bit? Um, no, I mean, my group was definitely not the first group. There, there have always been little groups on kick, mainly, you know, of communities of sellers, whether it was just sellers or whether it was like a buyer and seller group. There's always been these little um, communities, if you like, within the community. 
But when I was selling, it wasn't overly obvious where to find them or even if it was easy to access them, right? Like, or if you had to know someone or anything like that. And so, yeah, I just decided to create my own um, and it grew and it grew. And, you know, there's loads of people come in and go again, like this has such a high turnover rate. But yeah, I've, I have been and continue to be in some other um, sellers groups. So I'm certainly not the only one doing it, but my one has, you know, been consistent for the last two years now is called sellers before fellas and i'm really <laughs> proud of my group but um no there there are certainly other groups out there and there were when i started as well okay hell yeah i did see on your website the uh the sellers the sellers before fellas merch and uh, i'm a fan uh, i'd like it <laughs> yeah well you know that's part of the whole thing isn't it it's like making people feel as if they belong and, you know, panty selling platforms that get it right are the ones that create this community and make people feel sort of proud to be affiliated with that site, right? To to be part of that community and the culture of that community. And so it's no different with Sellers Before Fellas. It, it has a culture, right? It has guidelines it has a community feel to it and so when you have those things in place people want to be a part of that that's just you know because we're social creatures right we want to belong yeah so somebody's somebody might be listening to this podcast right now and they've never bought panties before but they are intrigued they are thinking about it where what are some places what are some websites online the where say i'm saying somebody i'm like me uh, no, where, where can somebody find panties or like where where what are the sites where are we going if i'm if i'm trying to buy some panties well there are new ones coming out all the time obviously you know um but the biggest the three biggest sites that i'm aware of are panty deal obviously which is the biggest and the longest running uh scented pansy and all things worn um, now there are lots of other smaller sites that you know aren't as busy and have their own community like I said the second place that I would recommend is reddit reddit has hundreds of sub reddits to do with buying used panties and it's obviously a very different experience than hanging out on a platform because the platforms are very much like social media, right? You post pictures and videos and status updates and things like that. Reddit, you're just basically browsing through all of the images and then, you know, making contact with whatever seller appeals to you. And then thirdly, you know, if you're already following people on OnlyFans or AVN stars or, you know, something similar to that, the chances are if there's somebody that you really like and you reached out to them and asked them whether they would be willing to sell you their underwear, nine times out of 10, I think they'd probably say yes. Um, so, you know, that's always another option for you. But really, you know, even Craigslist, Facebook Marketplace, eBay, Etsy, all of these kinds of places, you will always find sellers. Okay. Okay. I remember. So I was I was listening to your podcast a little while ago, and you mentioned like Etsy. You're like Etsy store got shut down. Do they? I guess do they have like do they frown on like panty selling on Etsy? Do you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's completely against their rules. So I have my merchandise store on Etsy, which is t-shirts and trainings, 
And because of some of the names of my t-shirts, my Etsy store had flagged and it got shut down, but it then got reinstated when they could see that I wasn't doing anything wrong. Um, But yes, it's completely against community guidelines on platforms like eBay or Etsy to sell your panties there. But... (laughs) people are still doing it, right? They still try and get around it by being very subtle, but obvious as to what you're purchasing. Um, But yeah, I mean, if you get caught, instantly you're shut down, instantly. They won't tolerate any of that kind of stuff. That's crazy. That's, that's, yeah, that's, I mean, that's wild. You know, sex work, obviously anybody that works in this industry knows just how difficult it is to operate on you know anywhere like even accepting payments because it's so frowned upon that you know we've got very narrow parameters in which to try and operate without getting shut down because you know I just had my 13th PayPal account closed um, because you know it's just sex work is is it's just not accepted anywhere it's really tricky it's uh it's truly incredible like i know after the the uh there's an article in the new york times about pornhub in december and then like visa and mastercard uh dropped like basically nobody could use visa or mastercard on pornhub paypal had already like not allowed payments on pornhub i think i don't think american express or discover does as well And it's like for a lot of other websites as well, where they're cracking down on like sex workers or like you can, you can do sex work, but only within these parameters that we, a corporation find like socially acceptable, we'll take your money, but anything outside of that realm, they're like, nope, uh, you can't do that. It's crazy. Like how these like big, like corporations that I like basically control your money, like kind of like almost trying to dictate content as well or what's socially acceptable in their eyes as a corporation. And, you know, not to go too left field on you, but I feel like that's really only going to get worse as time goes on. You know, the, the beginning of community guidelines on all of these massive corporate platforms is the beginning of that kind of, you know, um, you can't say this, you can't do that. And if you do, then, you know, the next day, no more payments for you or, you know, you don't get to post anymore. So, yeah, it's uh, it's toxic and it's really tricky. But, you know, one thing that you can rely on with sex workers is that they're very, very fucking clever at trying to find ways to you know, flout the rules and make money and get away with it. <laughs> yeah. Cause it's like, it's always been going on, you know, to where it's like people have always like had this negative view where there's a stigma and then people, they're just trying to work, work around to fucking get a piece of the pie. And it's like, yeah, the, yeah, there, there's always going to be people trying to silence or like not allow content or whatever. And it's, uh, it's just sex workers fucking in like, ingenuity i'm trying to think of a good word but uh yeah it's just like they're always they're always figuring it out yeah totally but yeah i I do agree i think it will only really continue to get worse uh in terms of like them allow like what they allow in terms of like on their sites i guess it's i don't know it's complicated but yeah i agree i I think it's only really only going to get more difficult but i think it's if 
I feel like if public because perce- public perception pushes a lot of these corporations to make their decisions, and I think that if public perception changes so much in terms of like how people view sex work, then I think that these corporations will have no choice but to shift their angle as well. But if it just continues, like if public perception doesn't deem it a worthy cause or something that they want to see change, then these corporations really have no incentive to change their policy based on, Oh, we want to make someone feel good. Like they don't do shit for no reason, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Are you still uh, selling panties now? Are you still in the game? Uh, yes, I am. I uh, I still have a profile up on Scented Pansy. And then recently I rejoined Panty Deal. And I have like my customers that still contact me for wares. But I'll be honest, um, you know, I'm, I'm now like very, very busy, not just with my businesses, but with my family life. And so I'm not, you know, selling in terms of like, hanging out on platforms and doing that you know even a fraction of what I used to be um I'm spending a lot more time now just coaching and mentoring other sellers and that like I said that's my passion that's my purpose and that's what keeps me going so yeah I'm just doing that mainly oh yeah so you start the podcast how many episodes of the podcast do you have out so far we're on to episode 96 so yeah amazing yeah yeah we're still going we're still going (laughs) where where does the passion come for the podcast because i've listened to you talk and i think recently you mentioned you were like oh i started doing this like 90 day training i think and you're like you're like yeah i just talk for like three hours just like talk like you know just talk like three hours about this thing where does the passion come from how do you stay motivated like I feel like I'm like busy ish, you know, and I'm like, ah, oh. but I'm like, you're bit, you have a family, you're running a business, you have all these trainings, you're in these groups. Like, how do you find time to be like, to do this, be passionate? Yeah. What keeps you motivated? I guess? Yeah. It's, it's such a good question because like I said before, you know, nobody is more surprised than I am that this is my thing. Right. It's like, hardly any of my friends know what I do right and um you know I can't even imagine telling them that my business is coaching sex workers on selling you know worn fetish items and things like that it's just it's so bizarre to me out of all of the things I've ever done in my life this is the thing that I'm super passionate about I guess probably you know I'm I'm always my first degree is in psychology I'm very fascinated by sales psychology in particular. I love reading about it. I love testing it and I love teaching it. Um, What motivates me is that when I talk about these things, you know, like it, it is exhausting, but I'm also energized by it because it just fills me up so much to be helping other people. I'm really passionate about my community and then so when I get feedback from them you know if someone messages me and they're like oh I'm listening to your podcast and it's helped me make my first sale or someone's done a training or you know just people in my group saying oh thank you for creating this group because this group has helped me that really motivates me and I love it and it's like it it keeps me going right it's like other people getting a benefit keeps me going and that goes back to what I said earlier about that feedback like all humans need that sort of 
feedback loop and you know that could be sales and making money or it could just be making a difference right and so I get both of those things like if I'm selling my trainings then obviously I'm you know financially rewarded for that but also I'm making a difference to that person's income and their circumstances and so you know those two things combined it's like wow of course like I'm going to show up and keep doing this because until something changes where it's not lighting me up anymore then this just gives me so much passion and joy to continue to do it so yeah I feel like that has to feel good when you like you put something out and then people are like hey I listened to this thing and it helped me in this way you know, because you're like, I feel like at the time when you're doing something, you're like, I think, I think I'm pretty positive that this will make a positive difference for somebody. But you don't know fully until you get that, hey, this helped me. I like this. What you're doing is great. You know, until you get that, you don't fully 100%. Like you could, I feel pretty, you could be pretty confident, but getting that feedback or just like, yeah, getting that feedback, I feel like has to just be like, fuck yeah, I'm doing the right thing. This is great. You yeah, know? absolutely. And, you know, there's always more. That's what's so surprising to me. There's always more to talk about that I feel like I've covered everything. And, you know, I'm going to tell you the last five trainings that I've made, I've said to myself, right, okay, this is the last training because there's literally nothing else I can teach on that I haven't already spoken about. And then, you know, like a few weeks later, it's like, oh my God, like, of course I should do a training on that because that's something that, you know, people are asking for and that they need. And I haven't spoken about it before. So that's been really interesting to me as well. Is like, there's always another layer just when I think that I've like done everything, there's always more. And so that's been really interesting as well. And the second part of that as well is that, this is online sales in general, <clears throat> is building a community and then listening to what they need and making it for them. And that's been my success. It's like in my group, I can see very clearly what sellers are needing, what they're lacking, where you know they need a little bit of support around. And then so I make something for them. And then of course, right? They're like, yeah, that's just what I need. So, you know, th- that's the business model, if you like, but it works on the community and their needs and putting that before anything else because I'll tell you something else just to go off on a little tangent the number of TikTok you know influencers if you like um on on their promoting this work in really unrealistic ways is growing exponentially and I feel very passionately about being a sort of like realistic gatekeeper for this community because yeah TikTok is is crazy in terms of the sex workers on there that are more or less promoting this to young women as some kind of like you know I don't know silly get rich quick scheme and so yeah that's kind of what I've been thinking about lately yeah, I think one of the things, like, if you listen to the podcast, you're like, you don't bullshit people, you're super honest, and you're like, hey, it's a lot harder than it looks, you know, and these people on TikTok that are promoting it, making it look easy, maybe since they have a following, maybe they have millions of people that follow them, or it is a little bit easier for them, but it's like, that's not what the average person's, you know, experience is going to be, you know? 
Yeah, it's, it's it's the people that have a hundred thousand followers. Of course, it's going to be easier for them, you know. But who has a hundred thousand followers? Not very many people. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing wrong with building uh, an audience. Like that's definitely not what I'm talking about. But if you are creating TikToks, talking about selling panties, and your TikTok goes viral you know, 3 million people see that. And then all of a sudden, like a thousand new sellers show up at a platform the next day. That's a fucking problem, right? And so that makes my job more difficult, which sounds bizarre, given that, you know, part of what part of my business is to help these women. But you know, I'm sitting here going, no, like, I'm not cool with that. (laughs) Like, I'm not cool with irresponsible TikToks that don't benefit the community that you know these sellers are supposed to be a part of that makes yeah that makes 100 percent sense yeah because it's just all it's doing is growing the platform and not really you know giving anybody realistic <laughs> realistic expectations of what like how 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 panty selling is exactly you know exactly and you know if you look at like you know for example say panty deal had like two thousand buyers and five thousand sellers if the next day there's now 7,000 sellers, but the same number of buyers, that's not going to work, right? And so, you know, what's going to happen or what usually happens is that people join, find out very quickly that it's either not for them or it's not as easy as this TikTok person told them. And then, you know, a few days or weeks later, they're gone. But it's still very disruptive, um to the community at large so that's kind of like my (laughs) that's my soapbox rant about the whole thing do you feel like this is kind of like sort of related i guess but in panty selling do you feel like more so the persona like people are buying panties from a specific persona yeah. More so than like, I like the panties. Like, like if I'm like, I'm buying panties specifically from you because I like you versus I like your butt and them panties. Like, do you think, do you think, do you think it's a persona more so than the panties? Well, there, there's different levels to it. So guys buy panties for different reasons. I'd say that, you know, there's, there's buyers that want to wear the panties right and then there's buyers that want to sniff the panties and use them in their you know alone time right um so those are two different guys right to to be (laughs) selling to so the guys that want to wear the panties they will be more interested in what the panties look and feel like and how you know what size they are than a guy that just wants to sniff them because they're yours right So that's what I try and teach sellers. It's like guys aren't buying panties, right? It's not about the panties because you could just buy women's panties on Amazon, right? Or something like that. They're buying them because they're your panties. And so your job is not to sell the panties. It's to sell you, right? It's to sell you in a way that buyers make an intimate connection with you that makes them know, like, and trust you and therefore want to enjoy a sensory experience that you know came from you right that's what this whole thing is about so yeah I see sellers like try and sell the panties themselves and they're like oh it's a size this and it's this color and I'm like no that's that's not it that's not what is ultimately going to make the connection the connection and the sale is being made on an emotional 
and you know sexual sort of connection between the two of you because it's like oh yeah it's like attraction towards a person but you're like buying the a product yeah I, yeah i get it it makes yeah it makes sense oh yeah but you know there's um there's vending machines allegedly i mean that's the urban legend isn't it there's vending machines in japan where gentlemen can purchase and it's like meant to be you know schoolgirl panties or, or or women of age but you know like young things right um and so you know there's an argument there like that they're purchasing them through a vending machine they don't know who they're coming from but in their mind they will create a story that accompanies those panties but yeah i can't see that really kicking off over here like that's definitely a japanese thing i think but yeah it's all about you yeah that makes sense because i feel like there's like zero emotional connection because all you're just like i'm just buying these panties who knows who they came from it's like if i'm gonna buy it's like buying like picture like just buying a random pictures of somebody you have no idea like it doesn't you want to feel like you're connected to them in some way by knowing at least knowing who it was that like it's like i'm just buying this and you could yeah like you said you could just go to target or go to a store and just buy panties yeah yeah the second part of it as well is that you know feedback that i've had from buyers is that when the panties arrive and they're enjoyed you know that's that's fine but actually the whole pleasure experience of buying panties begins at the point that you're looking for the women right so you know imagine yourself right now you've just logged on to panty deal and you're looking for a woman to purchase panties from I'm, you know, I'm not a man, obviously, but I'm imagining that the sensory pleasure begins at that point, right? It's like, oh, I'm about to buy a woman's underwear and I don't know which one it is, but, you know, look at her, she's hot and look at her, she's hot and all that kind of thing. So, you know, it's it's also about recognizing that it's from the moment they log into a platform that they will already be turned on by the whole process of purchasing right so it's not just when the panties arrive on their doorstep it's everything that you know is included up until that point wow hell yeah that yeah it's yeah it's all it's like just a whole experience completely yeah i think we we may have touched this on the first episode um but maybe like i guess people buying panties more so impulsively than like a long kind of drawn out sales process do you find that like if you it's harder to make a sale over an extended amount of time versus like a quick sale like someone's like oh man i see that i like it i'm gonna purchase like i guess do you find i'm sure i'm sure buyers are different but do you find there's i guess maybe different buying trends within people uh yeah difficult Uh, question (laughs) yeah no no not at all and you're absolutely right There are what I deemed, I coined the phrase panty buying unicorns, right? So they basically, they log onto your profile, they message you and say, I want to buy this. They get your payment details, they pay you straight away, right? And there's no chit chat. And then like, you might not even hear from them again. Like they're just in and gone, right? And so, I mean, the reason they're called unicorns is because like, you know, that's an amazing sale right it's like you didn't have to even do anything you just like were there and they were like yep you're the one right here's your money see you later right um and then there are buyers who want to get to know you and make that connection with you like I said you know you might be engaging with them on kick or on messages 
back and forth, maybe even over a few days before they make the decision that they want to purchase from you. Not every seller is open to doing that. And that can be like the biggest reason why sellers go, oh, fuck this. This isn't for me. I didn't realize I'd have to talk to these guys. Like I thought they would just buy like on eBay or something. That's not what it's like for the majority of buyers, right? So um, yeah, every buyer is different. But normally once they've made the connection with you, then, you know, they're sold in their head that you're the one they want to buy from. It may not be an instantaneous purchase, you know, because not everybody is financially able to purchase every single fucking time they log on to a platform, right? It might be like next payday or the next time they plan on buying something. Um, But yeah, there's no rhyme or reason. Every buyer is different and you just have to figure out like what works for you as well as a seller. How was the industry affected by COVID? How was the how was the how was the global panty business affected by this global pandemic? Yeah, I'd say that you know, for me, uh, in inside the sex work industry, if you like, OnlyFans probably was the the platform that got the biggest boost from the whole corona pandemic situation and then of course like communities like panty selling which are a fraction of the size of you know a platform like OnlyFans also had the ripple effects of that where people are looking for ways to make money online you know or they follow a TikTok person or whatever you know however this comes into their mind and then if it clicks in their head that this is something they could do then yeah there would be like an influx of sellers but then the other side of that coin is that you know buyers depending on what their situation was whether they were very badly financially affected by the pandemic or their business shutting down or things like that may not have the spending power that they had before and so you know, it, it would be weird to say that it wasn't affected because like fucking everywhere was affected by, you know, positive or negative. But I didn't see in my group anything outside of the normal where there's ups and downs, you know, peaks and troughs in terms of buying and selling. Like, you know, sellers come in all the time and go, oh, it's really quiet right now. <laughs> but I get to see that from a 40,000 foot angle because I've been in my group for two years right and people are always saying that like they're always saying it's quiet or they're always saying oh it's busier or you know and and putting that down to holiday season or you know Christmas or the pandemic or whatever so to be honest it wasn't like a catastrophic failure for the community but yeah probably more sellers and less spending power for buyers really okay okay do you feel like after starting the podcast, do you do you ever find customers uh, or buyers like through the that find you through the podcast? And do you feel like your business has like after starting the podcast, do you feel like your business has increased and like solely from that? Do you feel like people find you that way? Yeah, um, people do find me that way, but not as many as you would think, which to me is just really weird. Like I get um, quite a number of requests for dick ratings because one of my trainings is on dick ratings and it's um, tied to a blog post that obviously must 
rank quite highly on Google for dick rating. So, you know, guys will normally message me and go, oh, I see you like you do dick ratings or whatever. So, you know, there's that. But I have had probably 10 and that I mean, that's really not that many 10 guys reach out to me through my website saying, you know, I'd like to buy panties or whatever. And yeah, like to me, I feel like that should be a lot more. But in some respects, I wonder if, you know, I am, what's the word I'm looking for here? It's like they're intimidated maybe by me. And also, you know, I'll be honest, like I'm a much older seller. If I was maybe like 20 years younger and very, um, you know, visible on my site and on social media, then I could imagine that that number would be higher. But, you know, I'm, that's not what I do it for. And maybe the reason that I don't have that intention behind what I put out there is the reason that it just doesn't happen, right? <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it's, yeah. I know you've mentioned, so you mentioned on your podcast, like age before and how not necessarily, I don't know if it's like more difficult for older sellers on panty websites, but it seems like it's like, not like a young person's game maybe, but it's like there's more resistance to, I guess, purchase. There's more resistance as you get older in the panty selling industry. Would you say that's true or am I like butchering that? No, not at all. Not at all. I think, you know, I've always been realistic and said like, yeah, you know, sellers will go, oh, I can't sell panties because I'm X, Y, or Z, right? And that's not true. But, you know, if I was to be 100% honest, I'd say you might not sell as many, right? If you are something very specific, it could be that your um, potential market is a little bit smaller, right? Guys that are looking for much older women, right, or MILFs or, you know, BBW or whatever, may take up a smaller part of the, you know, the number of buyers on any given platform right potentially so there's that but that needn't be a reason why you know you tell yourself you can't do it I've always come from a sort of like I suppose realistic understanding that guys you know generally right are attracted to women that are of prime um (laughs) mating age right like that's that's normal that's like that's nature right that's what I'm trying to say that's fucking nature right of course men on a very primal subconscious level want to impregnate younger women right that's what we're all fucking here for that's why we're here right so I can understand from that purely primal part that you know guys will be sexually attracted to younger women now that's not to say that there aren't guys out there that appreciate a more mature woman because with maturity comes confidence right and like self-assured and all of those kind of qualities can be deeply attractive as well but ultimately if the woman exudes that kind of sex appeal right and that confidence and all that kind of stuff then that is still attractive right for me personally I've always aimed to sell to guys older than me, right? Because in my head, I'm thinking, well, guys that are like in their 40s, 50s and 60s, like they, they're more likely to be attracted to a woman potentially, like, of course, they're attracted to younger women as well. 
but you know that, that they can make that connection with me on a deeper level and also be sexually attracted to a woman my age because they have experience with women my age does that make sense it's like yeah, a guy 100%. who's in his 20s yeah he won't know how to fucking relate to me right because i'm 20 years older than him we've got we don't have a connection in that respect right so there's so many layers to this that i couldn't go well this is the way it is right i can only tell you what i think and my experience yeah there's so yeah like you're saying there, there's so many layers and it's like there's the deeper you dig the more there is to discover and you're like i gotta share it with everybody like it's, <laughs> yeah. it's dope like I've done blog interviews with sellers over the age of 40, right? Because I wanted to highlight that, you know, women over 40 still have a lot to bring to this community and belong in this community. Like I'm not saying, oh, it should only be women in their 20s or early 30s max. Like there's plenty of women that are older that are doing this and doing this very successfully and fucking sexy to boot, right? I'm not saying anything like that. But the majority of women on the platforms do tend to be in their 20s. And there are guys certainly who are all about that age range, right? They're like, fuck, give me the 20 something, you know, that I'd have no chance with in the real world. But, you know, let me dream for God's sake. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> let me live this fantasy, please. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> So tell me about SW Rolodex uh, more. So when did you start it? Uh, you said it's a, like it's a, you pair freelancers with sex worker businesses. Tell the people about SW Rolodex, when you started it, goals, how it's going so far. Yeah. So it was, you know, as all of my really good ideas are, it was um, a conversation I was having with myself whilst I was on Twitter and I think like, I mean, obviously the tweet will still be there. And it was something along the lines of, you know, wouldn't it be really great if we had a site like Fiverr, which for those of you that don't know, Fiverr is a site that you log on to and basically you can find people to do little jobs for you from anything from $5 up, right? That's why it's called $5. And so I was like, you know, wouldn't that be really cool if there was a Fiverr for sex workers where we could find people to do, you know, like those cool images that you see or tip menus or like your, even your Twitter banner, like manage your OnlyFans, edit your videos, do all that kind of shit. Like, wouldn't that be super cool? And then, I don't know, I was just like feeling in a, a funny mood and I was like, fuck it, I'm going to do it then. I'll do it, right? And so straight away, I just registered the domain name because I was like, right, what will I call it? Um, and then that just came to me and I was like, right, cool. I'll go and register the domain. And then that was it before I knew it, I was building this website and, you know, I'm going to be honest and say technology is not my strong point. And I really like almost cried trying to make this thing happen and work and understand it and stuff. So yeah, I um I made it and then I, you know, was like, okay, <laughs> surprise, I've made it. Like, let's get everybody on board now. And so the hardest part that I'm doing at the moment is trying to spread the word. Um, you know, I'm lucky that I have a small, you know, following on Twitter that I can ask people to, you know, post stuff. But really at the moment I'm trying to spread the word about the Rolodex to get not only the freelancers on board, but also the sex workers because you can post the jobs that you need done 
and have freelancers come to you. So it like it works two ways in that respect. And yeah, so I've got over a hundred jobs on there right now. Um, we've got like I don't know, two hundred members signed up um, all together. And it's just is right at the beginning, you know, this is very, very early stages of what I'm hoping will be uh, an amazing resource for the sex work community when it's sort of like, you know, up and busy and running. I think uh, I think it's going to be huge. Like I've talked to a couple people about this uh, since we spoke about SW Rolodex a little while ago. And they, they were like, oh, my God, I love this. This is fucking perfect. And, like, they're like, oh, my God, we got to tell this person about this. This person does, like, photo editing. This person does, like, audio stuff. It's like I think once people – the hardest part about anything is the beginning, you know, and getting the word out. And one, I think once people find out that this is a thing and, you know, it's it, – also it's run by a sex worker versus, like, some just business being like, hey, let's try to – sex workers are cool now. Let's hop in the industry and make – like – knowing that it's run by you and you're like approving everything like the sellers i feel like that they'll be more you know open to it and it's really just getting getting the word out and i'm gonna i'm gonna tell everybody about i'm gonna tell everybody (laughs) Um, absolutely but yeah i mean that that's the other thing that i should (laughs) say as well is that every single freelancer is vetted personally by me like everything is done by me no job goes on the site or request until I've checked it through because I want to make sure like if I'm creating a website where there's essentially access to sex workers I have to protect them as much as I can right I have to make sure that I don't just get like sleazy scammy guys you know, pretending to be uh, a fucking freelancer just so that they can chat with sex workers, right? And all that kind of stuff. Um, so yeah, that's like an extra layer of security that I've put in place that, you know, is because is, I want it to be good. I want this to be a really quality resource. I don't want it to just be like, oh, you know, let's try and make money this way. Like you said, oh, sex work industry is like huge. Let's just capitalize off of the needs of sex workers. Like, yeah that's not what i'm about at all yeah especially like because they're like just the amount of trust that people have to have in you and this website because it's like okay so say i'm somebody and i do video editing and then a sex worker comes and they send me this video you know and it's like that person can do anything with that video but it's like knowing that like they're vetted that they're protected business and that 100% 100% guarantee there's nothing shady or anything that would go wrong with what they're doing. I feel like that is like a powerful thing that any kind of site where services are being offered like that, that has to be, you know, uh, a, a thing, I guess. Thing is not a good word, but it has to be. <laughs> no, I know what you mean. The other, the other thing with that as well is that I hold the money right? So the sex worker pays the freelancer, but they pay me, right? I hold on to the money and no money is given to the freelancer until, you know, the work is delivered and the work is what, you know, it's meant to be basically. So that's another, you know, aspect as well. It's like just protecting the sex workers. And obviously the interesting thing is that a lot of the freelancers that have signed up, are also sex workers, right? Because they've been doing this for a while, they've got really good at it. And so now they're able to offer that as another, you know, service of theirs. 
Um, so that's a really cool thing as well, because it's like a sex worker community that's run by and includes sex workers. So yeah, it's pretty cool. But the only downside is that we were paying freelancers through their PayPal accounts uh, using, you know, a PayPal associated with the site. And of course it got fucking shut down by PayPal because they're scum and, you know, for sex work, even though it's not sex work, it's a freelance engine. Right. So that's been tricky to say the least, but it's just one of those things that par for the course, we just have to find a workaround. Hell yeah. I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited about the future. The future's looking up. This is great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what, uh, so SW Rolodex is on social media, right? Yeah, we're on Twitter and Instagram as well. Yeah. What uh what's the handle? It's at SW Rolodex. People, go follow it right now. At SW Rolodex. Do it. Yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Before we get out of here, I wanted to I guess my final question. On your Twitter, you have a pinned tweet. I think it's like Sindith, uh Medieval Fendom. Are you the creator of Medieval Fendom? What is Medieval Fendom? Tell the people about it. <laughs> oh my god. Um <laughs> so I don't know, like sometimes I guess it's being Scottish, I like to make fun of things and you know, and, and people and stuff. And obviously I'm on Twitter, I follow a lot of sex worker accounts. You know, a lot of those accounts are doms um, who are, you know, doing the whole FinDom stuff. And, you know, and I've created FinDom content myself um, on I Want Clips. But yeah, like one day, again, it's just one of those things. Like I'm just, if I log into Twitter sometimes and I'm feeling a little bit silly, I'll come up with this idea. And um, I don't know what it was. I just was like, oh, I'm going to, you know, write silly sort of FinDom demands, you know, about like, send me money for coffee or things like that but I'm gonna write it in sort of like Shakespearean um language I don't I honestly don't know where these ideas come from (laughs) and so like I found this website online that um translates normal words into sort of medieval speak and so I just posted a few and like did hashtag medieval findom and then I was just so enamored with my idea I was like this is the best fucking thing like I swear to god I bet there's no such thing as medieval fandom but when I I think I like I did a search on DuckDuckGo and the only thing that came up was like you know um really nasty looking um straps like BDSM type stuff like medieval BDSM kind of contraptions that was the only thing that I could see that was related um, so I was like, yeah, fuck it. I've just invented medieval fandom. I'm still waiting for it to take off. Like I'm the only person doing it, but <laughs> I just think it's so funny. So yeah, I'm just, I'm just, I cracked <laughs> This has been dope. Fuck it. Dalba, I appreciate you coming on the podcast. It's been a lot of fun. Thank you so much. I really, really enjoy our chats. And yeah, it's just great to connect again after another year of craziness. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. You you inspire me. This is great. Thank you. Thank you. Where can the people find you online? Where can they find the podcast? Plug some social media, some websites, so the people can follow you and give you money. Oh, thank you. Yeah. um, So my website is pantysellingschool.com. And then obviously I have swrolodex.com as well. 
I'm on Twitter at panty underscore Dalma and on Instagram is at the panty selling podcast. So yeah, you can reach out to me there. Instagram is my preferred method um, of chatting to people, but yeah, yeah, that's, that's me. Awesome. Dalma, I appreciate you coming on the podcast. It's been so much fun. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Listeners, we will be back later. That was my interview with Dalma Rosa. Yo, shout out Dalma. I appreciate you coming on the podcast. That was so much fun. Listeners, she just plugged it. You can find her on Twitter at panty underscore Dalma. She's on Instagram at the panty selling podcast. Her website is pantysellingschool.com. You can find SW Rolodex on Instagram, on Twitter at SW Rolodex, swrolodex.com. If you are a sex worker friendly freelancer, yo, check out the website, swrolodex.com. We are trying to get it as big as possible. Yo, sign up, swrolodex.com. As always, you can find us on Instagram, on Twitter, at Full Service Pod. I am at Tank Funkadelic. If you enjoy the show, make sure you are subscribed on whatever platform you're listening to us on. You'll be alerted as soon as those new episodes drop every single Tuesday. If you want to support the show, Patreon is the best way to do it. Head on over to patreon.com slash fullservicepod. You'll be able to hear interviews. You'll be able to hear episodes you cannot hear anywhere else. Patreon.com slash fullservicepod. If you want to be on the show, if you want to hear anything talked about on the show, feel free to reach out. Our email address, fullservicepod at gmail.com. I've had links the past few weeks to GoFundMes for the victims of the Atlanta spa shootings. I have them this week as well. If you can donate to help, that would be dope. If you cannot, I completely understand. But yo, in the show notes, click them links. This has been episode 83. I appreciate you being here. We will be back next Tuesday. Oh boy, I got an interview for you. Super excited. My guest is a cam model. She is an artist. She was recently nominated for OG Chatterbaiter of the Decade, Audrey Marina. Super stoked. Sat down like a couple days ago. So, yo, come back. We'll be here on Tuesday. But I appreciate you being here. Hope everything's good wherever you're at. I will see you on Tuesday. Later. service.